at Jared, we know devotion isn't a once a year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted. Welcome to the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast, presented by Vox DFS Firelines. Now, here are your hosts, Justin. Stefan Gilmore go to the Patriots. Now they let Mike Gillisley go to the Patriots. Are they now just the farm club within their own division? Greg. He's one of these faux-leading women. It's like, that's not Angelina Jolie or Jennifer Anderson. It's some girl that I would see at the Circle K. That's kind of Alshon Jeffrey. And Ryan. There is absolutely no reason why O.J. Howard should be drafted before Cameron Great. Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast. We've got another great five-star show for you guys tonight. Once again, for those of you who have not already done it, please go to iTunes, give us a rating, one, two, three, four, or five stars. Feel free to leave us a review as well. Um, We have a great show. Like I said, we're going to go over some news and notes. We're going to go do a fantasy football review as we're about the halfway point of the fantasy football season. We're going to talk about some surprises inside and outside the top 20, who's primed for a comeback, and who's primed for a fall. So to get right into it really quickly, uh, some news that had just broke um, within the last hour or two is that Dwight Freeney is back in the NFL and has signed with the Seattle Seahawks. They've had some injuries uh, on the defensive line. Uh, Ryan, are you, is this more just to fill in, or, or is Dwight Freeney potentially going to be more involved in the rotation than just simply um, some backfill on the defensive line? I think that you know, depending on how he performs, he could he could get uh, get more work. For now, this is just a depth issue. Yeah. Um, but I think it could it could turn into more. So there are worse players to sign. Yeah. Uh, but Dwight Freeney with, with Cliff Averill now on IR, they've needed to bolster their defensive line uh, in order to uh, continue to be able to do what they do on defense. Mike Wallace uh, practiced again on Tuesday, dealing with his concussion. The Cowboys have signed they found their kicker Stan, uh, Staley got injured uh, Bengals Bucks Jets Giants former kicker Mike Nugent no <laughs> relation to Ted um, is going That's to so replace fun. Dan Bailey um, uh, according to sources and so I think whoever the Dallas Cowboys kicker is the way their offense is humming right now I would go get um, Nugent if you're looking to uh, need a kicker, you got a bunch of players, a bunch of teams on bye this week, and so uh, I think Nugent can be an instant grab right away um, for those of you who are still looking to find a kicker and didn't find some some viable options off the waiver wire. Uh, Devonte Parker appeared to take part in practice uh, on Tuesday. And so uh, this is good news for Devontae Parker owners, bad news for those of you who went out and got Kenny Stills off the waiver wire. <laughs> we talked about it yesterday. Avoid Kenny Stills because Devontae Parker is coming back at any time. Three of Stills' uh, touchdowns have come in the last two weeks with Parker out and sidelined with an injury. Um, and so look for Devontae Parker to come back even if not 100% healthy, that will still eat into stills this week. Um, Sterling Shepard expects to return uh, for the Giants following the Week 8 bye, so we'll continue to monitor that. Uh, ESPN's Josina Anderson reports the NFL has closed the investigation into the domestic violence allegations against Jarvis Landry. This is something we touched on very, very quickly at the beginning of the season as a possible... um, Issue that he may have to deal with, especially with the NFL's uh, clamp, with the NFL clamping down 
on the domestic violence issue as they should. Um, but uh, right now, the NFL has kind of closed the case there. Um, and so uh, kind of to take kind of a cheap shot at the NFL, it's interesting that uh, Marshawn Lynch's suspension for quote-unquote assaulting a ref went through with one game, yet we're still having to deal with all this legal issue with Ezekiel Elliott and his assaulting of a woman still battling that within the legal court system, I think is a little bit of a joke personally. Um, but once again, we don't want to get into too many politics on the show. Oh, it's, a bi- it's a big it joke. Is it, is. Uh, a it, big it is a joke. Um, domestic violence is not something to laugh at. Um, and, and it's kind of the way, the way that the NFL, the way that the NFL is handling it. That's the joke. Um, Really quickly, we did get uh, a question that came in through Instagram. McKinnon or Latavius Murray uh, here moving forward. We talked about this yesterday. It's a little bit more of a timeshare, kind of like a DeMarco Murray uh, Henry issue. Um, Game script as well. Ryan, um, from a PPR perspective, who would you take, McKinnon or Murray, really quickly? PPR McKinnon. PPR McKinnon. Okay. I would have said the same. Latavius Murray is going to get some of that uh, goal down, uh, first and second uh, uh, down work at the goal line, so he may be able to vulture some touchdowns, but he will get some yardage now. Um, We have another drama piece. Uh, Steelers coach Mike Tomlin says Martavis Bryant is not available via a trade. Now, this information also comes on the same day that Martavius – called in sick to practice um, over under on whether or not he gets traded. There are a lot of people that believe that this is kind of the final straw and could lead to a trade. I think that Mike Tomlin is enough of of a stubborn individual, not a good or a bad way, but he's enough of an individual that said if, if, if he made this statement today, early today, even before Martavius Bryant doesn't show up to practice, that he's not available. I think Tomlin sticks to that. But the question over under on 20% that a trade happens with Martavis Bryant. Under. Over under 10%. Uh, Over. Uh, 15, honestly. I I was just trying to get to that. So you're saying there's a chance moment um, to really find out out where uh, you felt that would be. I'm leaning a little bit more. Once again, I'm still leaning that it's not going to happen, but I'm a little bit more to that um, 15 to 16 range maybe Um, just to be a little bit more uh, on the pro trade side. Um, Steelers coach Mike Tomlin also said that Juju Smith-Schuster is in the concussion protocol. I think this is another piece that will lead towards Martavis Bryant not getting traded um, because they need uh, that depth if Schuster is going to be missing some time. So that really wraps up our um, our big pieces. Actually, there's one more. Greg Olson could return to practice next week. Once again, he's not looking to return until after their bye, but the fact that he could and is trending towards practicing next week um, is a good sign for those of you who have an IR spot. I picked him up off of waivers just to stash him on, on the IR in a league um, as a big playoff uh, team to grab because he's going to play Tampa Bay. Let's just be honest. Tampa Bay has not been a quality defense, uh, and, and uh, the Panthers will play Tampa Bay. And so uh, another question came in, should I drop Devontae and Jordy or try to trade them? We're talking about Jordy Nelson and dropping Devontae Adams. I would not drop either. I think Jordy Nelson is still the receiver to own in Green Bay. Agreed. Maybe you can get something off of name value. I don't think Jordy continues to be a wide receiver one. We'll drop to the wide receiver two perspective, but you're not going to get the immediate fall off that you will from a Devontae Adams, Martellus Bennett, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree with you there. I think he he will retain more of his value than than the rest of the offense. Well, no, 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 not than the rest of the offense, than the rest of the receiving players. I think Aaron Jones, They, I think they may lean on him a little bit more to try to – um, keep Hundley from having to make too many mistakes. Okay, so now we'll move on to kind of our surprises. Uh, we'll, we'll start with the quarterback position, and we'll go down 
these options of surprise inside, surprise outside, uh, primed for a fall, primed for a rise uh, as we go through this. We're going to start with the quarterback position. Because there's less of them, that you only have got to start one. We're going to talk about which quarterback, Ryan, for you is a surprise in the top 12 that you were not expecting to be there at the beginning of the season. Who's one that you have? Alex Smith. I mean, usually he's in that, you know, he's right around that 13 to 14 range. The fact that he is number two in scoring is, I believe, is phenomenal to me. Um, the The fact that he is he is performing better now than he ever has in his entire career up to this point. Um, I mean, let's be honest. He now has he has more weapons now. Than he uh, than he did you know early in his career, especially with San Francisco, um, you know, and then you know when he's first got into into Kansas City. Now that he's got, now that he has you know Tyreek Hill and uh, and Travis Kelsey and Kareem Hunt, uh, I mean he's got he's got a solid weapons around him. And I just this was still never something that we were we were expecting. I mean he has 15 touchdowns and no interceptions yet on the season. Uh, yeah. The glaring piece is that he has not turned the ball over. I mean, if you think about this, all the talk about Kareem Hunt not fumbling the ball through college, and on his first possession, he fumbles. The Chiefs have not turned the ball over since that point. And I think that speaks more to the volume of of their record than anything else. They're taking care of the ball. They're not losing it in, in bad situations. They've not given the ball away yet the rest of this, in this season. But for me, the, the surprise to me, as much as we were on him as a deep sleeper, the fact that Deshaun Watson – and in sorry, Alex Smith right now is the number one in ESPN PPR non-fractional scoring. So he is number one. Yeah, he's um, he's he's just behind. He's four tenths of a point behind Carson Wentz and Yahoo. Yeah, uh, to me, uh, Deshaun Watson is the surprise because he wasn't even the starter day one. Um, now, I don't know how long he stays there. He has done very very well and has done well against quality defenses. What's he ranked? Now, number, what's he ranked right now on ESPN? Uh, right now, he is tied for fourth with Dak Prescott in non-fractional scoring. So they yeah, they're about 133 the same. points tied for fourth place. Okay. Um, and so, to me, uh, it's it's Deshaun Watson. He does have a tougher schedule the second half of the season, um, and we're going to talk about him a little bit later. But outside of the top, uh, sticking with the quarterbacks, outside of the top. 12, who is your surprise that's outside of that uh, that quarterback one uh, situation? All right. Oh, here's the deal. Do we actually say it's a surprise if we were expecting a downturn, but maybe not quite to this extreme? Matt Ryan is quarterback number 24 yeah. on, on, on Yahoo. I mean, again, we were we were expecting things to, to be different with Steve Sarkeesian as the as the as the offensive coordinator and for all of you, all of those listeners and, out and there different in a bad way, different in a bad way to be clear. Yes. And for all those out there that I know, especially on Instagram, we had some heated conversations. Let's just put it that way with people thinking that, you know, just, you know, just because they change offensive coordinators, they have all the same personnel. They're going to be fine. I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll still be a really powerful offense. Their offense has not been all that great. And, Matt Ryan is nowhere near the MVP form he was last year. He has seven touchdowns and six interceptions already this season, and the fall. So he's, he has as many um, turnovers as he does touchdowns at this point. Um, he's only thrown for fifteen hundred yards. I mean, let me look at it. Deshaun Watson. No, okay, no. Deshaun Watson hasn't thrown for more, but Alex Smith has thrown for more yards. Carson Wentz has thrown for more yards. Cam Newton, who is known more as a runner, has thrown for more yards. Russell Wilson is only behind him by thirty-five yards. So yeah. I mean, 
yeah, it's he. It's it's very surprising that Matt Ryan is is doing as poorly as he is as he has been this year. Uh, for me, it would have to be Marcus Mariota. I had him as a as a very high quarterback. I think I had him in my top seven or eight. Um, but to see him right now sitting at quarterback twenty. Uh, is rather disheartening. He's not getting the touchdowns, and I think that's the real big game change. He did have to miss a game against Miami. Um, he left the Houston game early, so those are a couple of bad things. But against Cleveland, against Cleveland, eight points. We're yeah. talking Cleveland, not Cleveland. This ain't the you know, playing the Cavs here. You're playing <laughs> the Browns. Um, so. Marcus Mariota, I wish him the best. I hope um, that uh, that after the bye, he's able to come back. He's got a tough stretch coming back from the bye. He's got Baltimore, Cincinnati, and Pittsburgh, all quality defenses. Pittsburgh more in the passing game than the run game. He also has uh, Houston. So it <laughs> – it's going to be a tough road for Marcus Mariota the rest of the way. His easier games have already happened, yep. uh, and he's either dealt with injuries or some other issues. And so that really has been the the issue. Um, and, and so to me, Marcus Mariota is the surprise outside of the top 20. Now, in terms of who's primed for a comeback – this would be someone outside of we'll go outside of quarterback 18. So for wide receivers uh, and running backs, we're going to go outside the top 30 that are going to climb themselves back into uh, for, for this situation. Those who are outside top 18, who's going to climb back into being a quarterback one, who do you like that's, uh, that's outside the first quarterbacks and a half uh to get back into quarterback one scenario um i'm just kind of looking at some of the yuck (laughs) yuck. yeah i'm looking at it's been i'm I'm taking a look at some of the some of the schedules moving forward for guys that we think you know should have had a pretty good season so far um Well, he's still inside there, so I would probably have to say honestly, I think Marcus Mariota. Okay. Because he's got Baltimore, who's had some trouble on defense the last few weeks. Um, He has um, Indianapolis. He has Houston, who has struggled with with, uh, mobile quarterbacks. Then he has Arizona, San Francisco, and the Rams uh, in the playoffs, uh, basically week 14, 15, and 16, all three of those defenses have been struggling as well. So I think that he has a chance, especially towards the playoffs, to really make a push forward into that top, into that you know quarterback one conversation. I'm going to, I don't really like a lot of these options. I don't think Ben Roethlisberger will do it. We got a listener that says Ben Roethlisberger. We've got another listener that says Winston, but Winston right now is inside that top quarterback 18 spot. Yeah, he's like um, number 12 or 13 right now. So uh, Jacoby Brissett is right on the line. I, I just don't think he will do it. Um, to me, this is this is almost on bold prediction territory, and I'm going to preface it with this. I think he could be a quarterback one, low-end low quarterback one the rest of the way. So if we count stats from here, the rest of the way, there's your clue. Who do you think I'm taking? Tyrod Taylor. No. I'm taking Matt Moore, and here's why. The wow. last three games, The last three games of last season, he threw eight touchdown passes and three interceptions in three games. He now, if, if Cutler has not done anything, if he comes in and splashes in the first two games while Cutler's out, he earns the starting job. He then has to play New England twice. He's got a much easier schedule. He's a better passer. He's a better deep ball thrower. And so I like Matt more the rest of the way because I just don't – I've seen enough from Ben Roethlisberger for me to see that it's not coming back. 
Tyrod Taylor doesn't have any wide receivers. Blake Bortles isn't playing in London anytime soon. Trevor <laughs> Simeon is struggling, and they're going to be run happy the rest of the way. Matt Ryan, I just don't see enough from Steve Sarkeesian. Andy Dalton's got too many rough patches. And Case Keenum may not even be the starting quarterback in a week or two if Bridgewater comes back or if Bradford comes back. There's just too much other things in play. They brought Cutler back for a week. If they struggle and they think they're out of the playoffs, they're not going to bring Cutler back. They're going to see what they have in Matt Moore to see what they have for the following year. So it is very bold. I'll put it that way. But yeah. I think you count just points from here moving forward. He's got the chemistry with all those receivers. He throws the deep ball better. So, so heads up, Devontae Parker. That's my pick moving forward. All right. Uh, and so moving on to the running back situation, um, who would be your surprise inside the top? We'll go running back too. So inside the top 24, who's your surprise there that you did not think would be there so far in the season? Uh, the obvious one is Chris Thompson. I thought he was a, a, a definite you know, running back three, possible running back two. Um, the explosive plays that he has put on already this year has just been phenomenal the way that he's been used. And, and part of it's been out of necessity due to the injuries to uh, Rob Kelly and Samaje Prine. So uh, Chris Thompson on Yahoo, uh, partial scoring PPR, full point PPR, he's uh, running back number seven at this point. And so, I mean, for me, yes, that's extremely um, a lot higher than, than, I ever would have expected him to be. Uh, I'm going to cheat a little bit. Obviously, we didn't think Jarek McKinnon was going to be there. He's, he's there because of injury, but we also didn't see this much movement. We didn't predict that uh, it would be Jarek McKinnon even, even being slotted in when Dalvin Cook went out. Now that he is running back 20 because of a couple monster games so far, that's really a surprise to me. Uh, Tariq Cohen, not as much. Um, we'll, we'll talk about him a little bit more in bold predictions. We talk about Greg's bold predictions. Um, I believe Alvin Kamara to be there. Um, but outside of Chris Thompson, I would lean Tariq Cohen um, being there. Um, that's kind of my, my selection. At it's number 19. He had a big game. He had a big game in week one, and everything's trailed off. And so – um, that would be my selection of surprise in the top RB two selection. Um, that I don't that that is a surprise to me. Now, uh, going to other running backs, who do you think is a surprise that's outside of the running back two category? All right, let me move over to page two real quick. If well, if my computer will actually move quick. All right. Um, surprises that are outside. Uh, obviously Jay is, is one for me. Um, I never, I never would have expected that, um, he would have had this much trouble getting going, especially considering he was, you know, ranked. I mean, I even had him ranked. I want to say as my running back six, five or six, uh, preseason. Um, but when you're, when your offensive line, when your offensive line coaches, you know, snorting Coke between meetings, it's no wonder that they haven't been able to get anything done. <laughs> so, um, sorry, I couldn't. Help. I had to throw that in there. There's, there is no <laughs> proof that that was Coke. That could have been powdered sugar. It sorry, been did you see? Did you? Oh, if, if that was, if that wasn't. Hang on, hang on. Was it snorted through a hundred dollar bill? No, snorted through a twenty. Okay, then he's cheap. <laughs> he's in Miami. And did you see some of those grains? That would have been like full grain, like, you know, sugar in the raw, those big, br yeah. I mean, that stuff yeah. was, I mean, anyways. Okay, moving away from drugs. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, like I said, when, you're, when your offensive line coach is snorting coke between meetings, you know, it's no wonder that you're, you're struggling to, to find any holes. And even the last, I mean, you go back to the last two games, um, he was very productive in his first game, which was week two because of the, the, move of the bye week for uh, the Hurricane, 28 carries for 122 yards. And then in week six, 
26 for 130. Last week, you know, he's been struggling with uh, with some knee issues, which you know are, are holding him back a little bit. Um, he's still on pace for over a hundred yard or for over a thousand yards on the season. It just you know he hasn't hit Pater yet. He's honestly he's having the kind of season this year that um, that uh, Miller for uh, the Texans had last year. Yeah, but Miller still found his way to be an RB one by the end of the season. By the end of the um, season, I think that Ajayi can do that if yes, like if if your prediction comes true and Matt Moore can get the passing game going, so they won't um, be focusing on the run game. Yeah, I I think I think Cutler uh, is killing the Miami offense uh, just because he can't get passes. They're going to stack the box against Ajayi. Um, but for me, the, su- the the real surprise. I think even more of a surprise than Ajayi is the fact that Isaiah Crowell right now is sitting at running back 35. Um, even in PPR formats, he can catch the ball to the backfield, but with a rookie quarterback and additions to the offensive line, a lot of people picked Isaiah Crowell as their first pick of the second round was uh, by a lot of people expected to be in the top eight or nine conversation, but to see his struggles now, granted he did have to play Baltimore. He did have to play Cincinnati. He did play have to play Houston. Indianapolis has a, has a solid running uh, defense run defense. Yeah. Um, Pittsburgh has a horrible, uh, a a not so good uh, rush defense, but good pass defense. He has played some tougher offenses, but again, he's got tough ones coming up too. He played Tennessee who was an open sieve in, in terms of the rushing game, and he got 35 carries, or he got 35 yards. Yeah, he averaged two yards a carry in that game. Yeah, it, it, what helped him was that he got, he got seven points in PPR from catching the ball and the yardage. Other than that, he's got three points for the week. Yep. And so, to me, Isaiah Crowell is the biggest surprise Right there along with Jay Ajayi, but those are the two big surprises outside of the running back two situation. Now, yeah, it's both picked to be in the top 15 that aren't even in the top 30. Yeah, and so now moving on to the next the – next, before we move on to those primed for a comeback and those primed for a fall, we did have a couple of questions coming in. Keenan Allen or Michael Thomas moving forward, I would lean – I would lean Keenan Allen because he's still the wide receiver one. Um, he's still going to get those short slant routes. Michael Thomas is still a good option, so I would say both. But if I had to pick one um, to start, and then I would, and then Travis Kelsey versus Denver or Hunter Henry versus New England in a standard league, which would you choose? Uh, you you don't you don't sit Travis Kelsey. Yeah, you you don't sit Kelsey. Uh, Henry still. Still is back and forth. I still don't know what to think about Henry. I mean, he right now is a tight end one, but he had two goose eggs. Yeah. So uh, everything's trending that way for him, and so that's good. Um, And so those – let's see. Let's get through a couple more of these. Is Jay Ajayi a trade target to go get? You can get him cheap. Yeah, uh, I, so I, I think I think I think if you're if you're struggling for running back depth, you have good wide receiver depth, and you want to take a shot at a guy who can um, who can possibly turn around. Because let's look at last year. If you look at last year's stats, it wasn't until the second half of the season that he really got it going, and then ended up finishing with uh, what thirteen, fourteen hundred yards. Yep, uh, and so moving on to those who are primed for a comeback. Once again, these have to be running backs outside of the top 30 who you think will get to the top 20 uh, by the end of the season. Oh, and God. no repeats. What do you mean no you can't repeats? can't pick Crowell or Ajayi. <laughs> all right, all right. So let me – so outside the top 30? Yes. That I think could sneak their way into where the top twenty. Now I'm I'm gonna go first, but I'm gonna cheat. I'm gonna go with Doug Martin because the only reason he's outside the top thirty is because he didn't play the first four weeks. 
serving a three-game suspension. Um, the last uh, three weeks, 14, uh, 14 points, 15 points, nine points. He's gotten two touchdowns. He does have a tough matchup this week against Carr. But I like Doug Martin moving forward. There was some hesitancy about his ability to own the backfield when he came back, which quiz Rodgers and the production he had last year, and there being some some troubles, uh, not just with his suspension, but some troubles with Doug Martin um, last season. A lot of people thought he could lose his job if Jaquiz Rogers did well, He, which, to his credit, Jaquiz Rogers didn't do well. Um, but I like Doug Martin the rest of the way. He had some tough defenses to go up against, but um, considering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense can't stop anybody right now and the offensive firepower that they have, they're going to be in some high-scoring games. Yeah. Okay, so if I've got to pick one, it's I'm going to go with a guy that I have that wasn't necessarily picked to – he was picked to be one of the top running backs in this running back class, uh, the rookies. I'm going with Joe Mixon. Um, yeah. While while he he hasn't really produced a whole lot, he's basically he was basically in a timeshare for the first three weeks. Um, look at this. Yeah, since he has um, since they fired their offensive coordinator, he has had eighteen carries, seventeen carries, fifteen carries, and this last week um, they were just getting their butts handed to him, and so. Uh, he only had seven carries, but those seven carries were for 48 yards. He, I mean, he outtouched both um, both Jeremy Hill and Giovanni Bernard. Um, let's see. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they they got so far behind they didn't even they really didn't even run the ball second half. So um, Joe Mixon is going to get the ball a lot more. I think that he could work his way into being a a top 20 running back, which would be great for me because then I would have, you know, I think Ajayi can do it. So that would give me Mixon, Ajayi. Uh, great second half of your season. Duke Johnson. Duke Johnson and uh, Christian McCaffrey as my four running backs. Yeah. Uh, really quickly, keep it under about 10 to 15 seconds. What about Abdullah? He's currently sitting uh, at running back 32. Um, he plays for Detroit who can't really run the ball. What what are your thoughts really quickly, a quick nugget about Abdullah and his ability to possibly get above? It was a listener uh, who asked the question. They have the – okay, the Denver – or the Detroit offense has matchups that they should be able to exploit to give him that. Um, but the pass game needs to get going more as well. So. Yeah. Um, he, he can finish in the top 20. He should trend better than he has so far. So Correct. he's trending but, up yeah. more than trending down. We'll, we'll, we'll just to we'll go that quick way. summary. We'll go that way. Uh, who in the top uh, running back one or two selection is going to drop? Who, who, who has the likelihood of dropping the most uh, out of the top two running back selections? That'd be top 24 uh, area. Who do I think is going to fall off the most? And fall off outside, maybe to a RB3 or lower by the end of the season. Ty Montgomery at running back number 23. Because <laughs> kind of cheating. <laughs> sure. Well, okay. No, no, no. okay. No, and, the reason, and the reason I think he'll fall back, you know, wider, you know, to running back like 30, you know, maybe even into the 40s because it is Aaron Jones. Now, Aaron Jones has played. Let me Let me pull it up here. Make sure I got it right has played in four games and has already had 13, 19, 13, and 17 carries, three touchdowns. He has 346 yards in four games and is already, he is basically their number one running back right now. He, Ty Montgomery will, is, is trending down, if he can even get healthy enough to get on the field. Air, that is Aaron Jones' backfield now, period. Yeah, uh, to me, uh, we had a listener just asked, does Buck Allen crack the top 20? Um, my, my prediction of a player currently in the top 24 who's going to drop off the face of the planet is Buck Allen. <laughs> uh, and here's why. 
Allen has benefited from injuries ahead of him in Terrence West and Danny Woodhead. Either of those two return massively eats into his workload uh, and, and would drastically reduce his production. The Ravens also face Miami, Houston, and Cleveland in the second half, which are solid defenses, better than what they've faced so far in the first half. So if anybody comes back healthy for the Ravens, that does not spell good news for Javoris Allen. So I have Buck Allen as a, uh, as a guy trending down for the rest of the season. Or if Alex Collins just holds on to the ball, they're just going to keep feeding it to him. Yeah, uh, even in that point, Alex Collins is the one getting the rush yards and is, is more the standard yep. um, back once again. But if Danny Woodhead, those of you who Week 11. were patient enough to do it and stash him in your IR, Danny Woodhead could come back and be highly beneficial in a PPR league. Um, you said could come back week 11. Is that what you said? Week, week 11 right now. Their, their bye week is week 10. He's, he's slated to possibly come back, yeah. uh, come back as early as week 11. He's been out as long as, 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 as long as he has so far. So hold him out after the bye as well. The other one that I think it, it is trending downward is Tariq Cohen, not because of um, talent, but because of usage, he's not really getting as much usage as he got early in the season. I still think he's a flexible player, depending on matchup, uh, but still someone you should have on your team. But I think uh, I think that would uh, that would be another player who's trending on the downward uh, selection. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna rely a lot more on Jordan Howard. So, yeah, um, <laughs> Morning Woodhead. Um, it was a comment that just came in. So that was, that was pretty funny, uh, uh, Dale Mott. And so moving on to the wide receiver selection, uh, who is a surprise in the top 24 uh, in terms of receivers for you, Ryan? Uh, looking at the list, I mean, Nelson Aguilar. The guy couldn't even the guy couldn't even hold on to a catch last year. Couldn't even hold on to the ball. I mean, he got benched uh, after the Seahawks game for an illegal, an, what was it a legal motion um, coming off the line? Uh, you know, his career looked like it was done before it ever really began in his second year. And this year, he's what wide receiver. I mean, he's wide receiver you know, 15 in ESPN. Yeah, he's right about that. That he's a he's ahead of Doug Baldwin, Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, Michael Des Thomas, Amari Cooper. Eight. Yeah, T.Y. Hilton. He's what? Uh, he's two points behind Jordy Nelson and five points behind Devontae Adams right now. Uh, and he'll beat both of those by the end of the season. Very um, well, good. We also mocked. We also mocked that Aguilar was going to be a starter and potential replacement to the uh, Matthews before Matthews even got traded. Yeah, I don't even want to talk about that. And, and so, once again, we'll talk about bold predictions. We are a little bit wrong there, but I don't think anyone saw Aguilar. I mean, he's still only owned in 60% of the league, so there's plenty of people that still don't know about Aguilar or, or aren't listening to his podcast. Maybe I'm, on ESPN and Yahoo, he's owned in 83%. He's yeah, not, not a league guy playing where he's available. ESPN, he's still only owning 63% of leagues. My selection of a surprise in the top uh, wide receiver would be Devin Funches. Um, he's played all season, has really benefited from a couple of big breakout games uh, from Cam Newton. Um, he does have some clunkers against San Francisco, four points against New Orleans, nine points. It, it, really, a lot of it comes from that two touchdown game against New England. Yeah. Uh, and then the touchdown against Detroit. Other than that, he's kind of a player, um, and that is that is hashtag if you want to kind of player. Um, <laughs> but really, Funchess is the surprising one there. I wasn't even a big fan of Kelvin Benjamin because once again we were down on Cam Newton leading into the season. Um, the other one would be Devontae Adams. Once again, we talk about bold predictions. We'll get a little bit more into that one there. Um, but who surprises you who is sitting outside of wider two, wide receiver two range? All right. Let me – sitting outside of wide receiver two range it surprises me. And actually, I, I see a few names here, but uh, I think the one, the one that surprised me the most, to be completely honest – is uh, is Demarius Thomas? 
at uh, let's see, he's wide receiver. Thirty-seven on, thirty-seven on ESPN. Thirty-five on Yahoo. I mean, it's just I was expecting a lot more out of him up to this point. I mean, I, you know, I had I had stated uh, earlier in the year um, I had used a stat uh, thanks to the guys from um, from Eat Sleep Fantasy that uh, Demarius Thomas has not met his draft value since his first year with Peyton Manning. He has been wow. he has he has finished below his draft value, and usually it's like three to five points below his draft. I mean, even last year he's he drafted, a wide receiver too. He, last year he was drafted as uh, wide receiver number fifteen and finished as number eighteen. This year he was drafted at that fifteen to seventeen range again, and uh, as like we said, he's wide receiver thirty five at this point. So, um, for me, the surprise who's sitting outside. Um, Odell Beckham. No, I'm kidding. He's injured. Yeah, don't. Yeah, injuries don't count. <laughs> uh, Demarius Thomas is a good selection. Um, Amari Cooper, currently sitting at 25, um, uh, is someone that was a complete surprise. We we talked about buying him last week before his breakout. It was going to turn around. Um, but I think I think another one is T. Y. Hilton. A lot of that has to do with the injury to Andrew Luck. He has done much better than I have thought he would in a couple of games. Um, but with T.Y. Hilton, a lot of us thought that uh, Luck would be back by now. Um, and and T.Y. Hilton's currently sitting at wide receiver 26. Once again, ESPN non-fractional scoring. Um, and then really quickly, Sammy Watkins. We thought we were going to see a little bit more consistency out of him as the go-to target with Goff throwing deep last year. Well, and let's be honest, my bold prediction for the for the year, Terrell Pryor is wide receiver number 67 right now. That just, is 62 spots, 62 spots behind where you had him project. Yep. Um, I was not the only one, but still. Yeah, uh, and so... Who who do you have who is, uh, really quickly, we might cover this one. What are your thoughts on Will Fuller the rest of the season? Is he primed for a rise, or is he going to stick kind of where he's at? He was injured for a couple of weeks. What do you think he does so oh, far? Oh, he'll keep, he'll keep moving up. I mean, he gets target. I mean, he's only <laughs> practically only getting targeted in the red zone. Um, six reception, or sorry, Six targets, four receptions for two touchdowns. Three targets, two receptions, two touchdowns. Five five targets, two receptions, one touchdown. Five touchdowns in the first three weeks, or in his first three weeks back after missing three weeks. Um, Watson seems to be able to get him the ball. Uh, I mean, the fact that he has put up this many points is just stupid, really. Um, it's it's a TD pace. It's not going to be. Um, it's it's not going to be. Uh, Continuable, I guess is the yeah. best word to use. New words. You <laughs> like dictionaries. Um, um, you know, they're on the bye week seven, and then they come back against Seattle at Seattle. That should be an interesting, interesting to see how they can do there against a, a pass defense that can actually stop the pass. Yeah, the comment here is Will Fuller is always good for garbage time TD. Yeah. So, um, which cost a lot of people their week that week. Um, but for you, who is sitting right now outside of wide receiver two range that you think could find their way back into wide receiver two discussion um, for the rest of the season? Cooper Cup. Um, Cooper Cup right now is wide receiver 33. Um, he's on a bye this week. But uh, just looking at his his targets, six, six, two, seven, eight, three, ten. Um, he's getting targeted, especially in the red zone. Um, while he hasn't necessarily pulled a whole lot of, you know, he's he's got three touchdowns on the year, three hundred and sixteen yards. He's on pace uh, through seven games. He's on pace for about eight hundred yards. I think that can go up. Like I said, Goff has been throwing has been throwing pretty well. He's kind of tailed off in a couple of games, but they've got the, they've got the New York Giants um, coming up. They've got uh, Arizona 
Philadelphia has been giving up a ton of pass yards. Tennessee has been giving up a whole bunch of pass yards. And they've got, he's got some exploitable matchups that uh, even the, even uh, uh, defensive backs they can cover well on the outside, not necessarily well in the slot. So being the slot guy, I think that he can still get into that wide receiver two range. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I would agree. Currently sitting, or, or, or let me go with, uh, I'm going to go with Sterling Shepard. Um, yeah. <laughs> cur- currently sitting uh, as wide receiver 50. Yep. Um, he's now the only other option outside of Evan Ingram. Yep. On a team that doesn't run well. So you're going to look to the past. They play San Francisco, not a good defense. They play Kansas City, who surprisingly is not a good defense this year against the pass. They've got some good matchups. The Giants aren't going to quit. Eli Manning is always good for a couple of interceptions, but he's always good for a couple of touchdowns. Yeah. So I think Sterling Shepard now being the guy – uh, in the passing game with Ingram, I think he is a good person to buy right now just because there's not a whole lot of other options. Yep. Um, the other one I would say would be Devontae Parker. Dealing with injuries, had their buy in week one, hurt him, and has dealt with injuries for the last three weeks. He got injured after his first catch for six yards against Tennessee and has sat out with his ankle injury against Atlanta and New Jer- or the uh, the New York Jets. So that's how I would go. Okay. Um, uh, really quickly, back to Wolf Fuller. Trade high now before the Seattle game. Really quick. Yeah, if you can get if you can get a decent running back for him, especially. Okay, uh, moving on. Who is primed for a fall? Who's who's sitting in the top uh, wide receiver one to two range? Uh, I think the obvious way to go would be Larry Fitzgerald who's the wide receiver three right now and has lost Carson Palmer and now is dealing with Drew Stanton um I mean he he's the obvious one uh if I were to go with anyone else it would be again Devontae Adams slash Jordy Nelson but you took took mine so I'm gonna take Devontae Adams is mine. Um, Adams lost Rodgers for the season, and I don't see Hundley as a big pass option the rest of the way. The Packers played the run game against the Saints and looked to follow that model the rest of the way, even against stacked boxes. Um, They also have to play Chicago, uh, who Adams only had two catches in that first game against Chicago. Um, They have to play Minnesota, Baltimore, Carolina, Pittsburgh, all tough pass defenses, so I'm not looking for a lot of production from Devontae Adams. Jordy Nelson will still drop, but not as far. Yep. But Devontae Adams would be my selection. My other one would be Stephon Diggs. He's had three monster games that provide all but five points in fantasy football for him. Yep. Uh, And this reminds me a lot of uh, deja vu last year. He had three monstrous games and dealt with injuries the rest of the season. And yep. so you're seeing a trend with Diggs, tremendous talent, but can't get past the injury bug. So I have Diggs as a uh, a player trending down. Really quickly, we'll get through the tight end uh, selection. Who's your surprise who's now sitting at a tight end one? There are a lot. There have been injuries. Uh, Evan Ingram just... I mean, I yes, there's been injuries, but the fact that a rookie is in the top five for for tight ends right now is is uh, astonishing to me. Uh, I would have to agree. There's not a whole lot of other options that are surprised. I mean, how about Austin Safarian Jenkins? Is uh, that one? Does, that one doesn't surprise me. There's not a whole lot of L, there's not a whole lot of other options for the Jets, and we talked about him before the season as a sleeper option after the first two weeks. So the fact that he's here after, after being out for two weeks kind of surprises me. That's yeah, And that's, that's and I think I that's why it's, that's why it's surprising for me that he's that high. So, yeah. Um, and so um, the other one that kind of surprises me a little is Charles Clay currently sitting there at uh, tight end 13. Um, he has played very, very well. Once again, receiver injuries helped him, but he's out on injury. Um, who is your surprise outside of the top 12 that you think should be higher so far this season in the tight end 
perspective? Well, I mean, I would, I would say Jimmy Graham, but you know, the, the Seahawks never have ever really used a tight end. Well, um, you know, the, the, for the most part, you know, before we had Jimmy Graham, we had, you know, no name tight ends that were, you know, basically doing what Luke Wilson is doing right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, a touchdown, you know, one key catch in a game, you know, possibly in the red zone for a touchdown. So the fact that the fact they haven't been able to get Jimmy Graham going at all, really for me is an indictment on their offensive coordinator, Daryl Bevel. Um, but also with two drops in this last week, this last week, one of them when no one was within 10 yards of him and he possibly could have run it in for a touchdown. And the other one right in the bread basket and he just lets it fall. He lets it get into him, into his gut instead of reaching out with his hands to catch it and drops that one in the end zone as well. So, uh, listener said Tyler Eifert. I, I don't believe it's a surprise that he's outside tight end one uh, situation. No, we because both, he's injured. We, we both talked about his, his fragileness. We'll put it that way. Um, <laughs> Greg like, used different words, which may not be repeatable on a second podcast. Um, but for me, it's Jordan Reed. Now, that's a little bit of a cheat in that he's currently tight end 13. Um, he did have his bye week already. But before this last week against Philadelphia, he hadn't scored a touchdown. Um, 26 of his points come this week. And so that's kind of a surprise to see Jordan Reed struggle. I think he's primed for some bounce back. Um, but who for you is, is, is primed for a, a boost who's sitting outside of the tight end uh, uh, one range, not using ones we've already talked about? Uh, sitting outside. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I have to say this. Um, uh, another joke came in. Um, I farted, or I yes. farted. I fart. It hurts. It hurts. I, I had I... to read it. It was a is a dad joke. I couldn't avoid it. It hurts when I fart. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. I'm looking at the list down here. There's no. I mean, I don't see anyone actually coming back. That's that's down on this list. Um, it would have to be someone, honestly, if someone's going to come back and, and put themselves in that tight, tight end one. Oh, let me, let me make sure. Let me, let me see this real quick. Uh, if there's anyone that I think could come back. Um, possibly and get into that tight end one conversation. Nope, never mind. Doesn't look like he's got. I was gonna say if if CJ Fedorowicz is is uh, in the uh, is in uh, is in the lineup is in or is in a is uh, eligible to return from IR, then I would pick him. Um, okay, but, out of let me let me steer you one way. Out of Nick O'Leary and Tyler Croft, which do you think of those two could be a tight end one the rest of the way? Tyler Croft. Okay. Uh, I would agree with you. Uh, I'm for me in selecting my tight end, who who I think is going to have a, a a bounce back the rest of the way, uh, is going to be Benjamin Watson. Once again, the Ravens love their tight ends. Joe Flacco loves him some tight ends. Dennis Pitta was a tight end one last year. Um, Benjamin Watson has played Cincinnati, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, uh, Jacksonville, Chicago, and Minnesota. That's like the murderer's row of pass defenses right now. So considering that he plays Tennessee, Detroit, Cleveland, Indianapolis, the the banged-up Packers team, and the Tennessee Titans as, as games rest away, I think Benjamin Watson is a tight end to go look at grabbing if you need a little bit more depth uh, at the tight end position. Now, I have one league where I've got Cameron Braid as my starter. I have Evan Ingram as a flex slash on my bench and I'm holding Greg Olson on the bench uh, until he comes back as well. Yeah. Now the, the only downside is that Benjamin Watson is questionable to play this week. He has been banged up a little bit, but if he's healthy, he's a go. Yep. Agreed. Um, now primed for a fall. Who, who do you think is going to fall? Um, I just side note. I just love seeing Cameron Brait sitting there at tight end four right now. Yeah, so do I. Um, I just couldn't draft him late. Someone grabbed him just before me. I waited too long. I, I waited to round twelve, and 
waited too long. I had I round fifteen. Someone drafted him knowing the right before me, knowing that he was going to be my next pick because I hadn't I had not drafted a tight end yet. So he picks Cameron Brait right before me, and when they had the uh, the the bye week week one because of the uh, because of the um, because of the uh, hurricane, he dropped him that week, and so I was able to pick him up. And I've played him ever since. Yeah. Uh, really quickly, uh, Evan Ingram or Hunter Henry the rest of the way. Pick one real quick. Evan Ingram. I'm going to go Ingram as well. Uh, he's he's. There's no one else to throw the ball <laughs> to. The only one. I could suit for the Giants at this point um, at the wide receiver. Well, wide receiver too. Sterling Shepard's coming back. But uh, really quickly, for me, the tight end that I think could drop a little bit, it's going to be Kyle Rudolph. Um this has more to do with the fact that there are guys behind him that I like more the rest of the yeah. season. Uh, Jimmy Graham, ASJ, Jordan Reed, Rudolph hasn't found the end zone much. Uh, and if I have to pick a tight end who's going to drop, a lot of these other guys are used a little bit more. Jared Cook is now being used more in, in the Raiders passing game. Cameron yep. Brate, good. Travis Kelsey, I don't see a drop off. Um, Jason Witten would be the other one, but, Father Time 2.0. Um, <laughs> I had him as a sit this week, and he goes off and scores tons of points. So, um, who do you have as your tight end who's going to fall? Uh, I would have to agree with you that it's going to be Kyle Rudolph, and and it's more with Kyle Rudolph. It it for me, it's more the fact that he um, he doesn't have a regular quarterback to throw it to him. I mean, the, his best season so far was with Bradford, and Bradford can't seem to stay healthy. Uh, and so that kind of wraps up that portion of the show and talking about, uh, how things have gone so far, uh, who we like as a surprise or who's primed for a comeback, who's primed for a fall, who's a surprise in the top, who's a surprise in, 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 uh, the drop, uh, Really quickly, another question came in about Kittle. Once again, the 49ers offense, Kyle Shanahan Sucks. does not design things for the tight end to begin with, and their offense is atrocious. So unless they seriously fix things, Kittle is someone I would look to avoid, uh, not someone I am seeing as a, as a bounce-back candidate the rest of the way. Um, and so moving on to a little bit of an update from our bold predictions, really quickly want to get through uh, these. Um, I'll go first because mine aren't too horrible. Now, my first bold prediction was that Blount would finish outside the top running back 30, currently sitting at wide at running back 28. So he's on track. And so I did good there. Uh, bold prediction number two is that Hunt finishes as the rookie of the year and a top five running back ahead of Christian McCaffrey. Greg said it was bold. I believe it to be bold. Not as much now. <laughs> Fournette has has proved himself valuable enough to challenge him for rookie of the year, but other than that, barring injury, I don't see it being anyone but Horn, uh, uh, Fournette or Hunt, as I tried to mishmash both names together. Um, the one that hurts was my prediction that Randall Cobb would finish ahead of Devontae Adams. That could change. Devontae Adams could drop off a cliff, could get injured. Randall Cobb might get a boost. But that's the one that kind of stings a little bit as a bold prediction that has gone south. Um, give me a few of yours and possibly Greg's, and then I'll, I'll wrap up with my two and kind of see how things go. Oh Well, I mean, my, my obvious horrible one was Terrell Pryor finishing in the top ten uh, wide receivers, possibly finish, breaking into that top five. And what do we say? He's wide receiver 67, I think, um, and, and has officially been passed up by Josh Doxson as the ex-wide receiver, uh, played one snap the entire first half in the Monday Night Football game, and in his, when he got in there regularly, was immediately targeted four times, dropped two, and on one of them, one of his catches, it was right up next to the first down, and he stepped out of bounds two yards in front of the first down with no one near him. So, I mean, you know, Pryor's basically droppable at this point, to be completely honest. Uh, he has been passed by, by Doxon. Um, and my other prediction was that... Uh, was that Cooper Cup would finish in the top or would finish as a wide receiver two, which is uh, uh, up to 24. Uh, and he is right now, what did I say, 33. So he's in the wide receiver threes. 
Um, he has a bye week this week, but in terms of catching up, he's what, 10? Only 10 points. Uh, 10 to 12 points behind um, wide receiver number 24. So it, it, it's possible to catch that. There's a lot of guys ahead of him. He has a bye week this week. A lot of guys ahead of him that have bye weeks. And like I said, his target share has been huge with Jared Goff. Jared Goff trusts him, especially in the red zone. And so I think that he could break out and, and, and really build up over the next uh, over the, the last half of the season to have a good season. Uh, really quickly, back to a few of mine. Bilal, I, I predicted Bilal Powell would finish as an RB1. Um, Greg laughed at me loudly. Um, on the podcast uh, for that episode, but currently running back 24, uh, he was out injured for a week. Uh, they've relied a little bit too much on Matt Forte. I think they're trying to run him into the ground. Uh, and so um, uh, I think Bilal Powell still can trend. Once again, last year, he got a lot of his production second half of the season, a great player to go and grab for the latter half of the season. If you can go get him, I don't see him available on the waiver wires. He's owned in 78.2% of leagues on yep. ESPN. Um, maybe try and trade for him. Um, he has that explosive ability. Someone you should go out and grab. Um, really quickly, there is a Skull King Twitter. That was a question that came in. It should be Skull King FB, correct, Ryan? Correct. At okay. Skull King FB. At SkullKingFB is the Twitter handle. Uh, Instagram just went uh, at the hour mark, so we're going to wrap up here really quick. Uh, another one of my bold predictions, Philip Rivers finishes as a top-five quarterback. Um, nope. He, right now, right now, he is quarterback number 10. He has struggled early in the season. Um, it's one of those things. I, I, I'm still a buyer. I think they can do a little bit more with Hunter Henry. Um, Allen should be able to do more really good game for him. I'm predicting against new England. Um, and then my last one, very, very bold was that OBJ would finish as a wide receiver too. Um, he's injured. So we're not going to count that. Yeah, we don't count that. One. Um, but really quickly, should we go over Greg's real quick? We'll, we'll go over Greg's real quick. And then we're going to double, I'm going to force us to double down on one. That's not good and we'll leave one so you are going to have to double down on on a prediction that has gone south okay so uh greg's greg's uh main oh god he had one uh that carson palmer would finish above uh above russell wilson um in the as a have a better season than Russell Wilson. Carson Palmer, uh, before breaking his arm this past week, was, let's see, he was number one, two, three, let's see, 10, 11, like number 15, 14, uh, 14 somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, and Russell Wilson was number seven. Yeah. Uh, or sorry, number, he was number 10, is now, Russell Wilson's now, after that great week last week, is number eight. Yeah. Seven, he so. lives in Arizona. We mocked him for it at the time. Uh, we'll I'll, mock him. We'll told, mock him more tomorrow night. Yeah, we'll mock him more tomorrow night. Um, w- was there another one from him? Uh, there was. I just can't remember what it was. Oh, that Tariq Cohen would finish in the top thirty running backs, and right now he's uh, running back number twenty-four. I think he can still be there, even with his limited production and role right now. Yep. Um, but for me, of the picks that have not come to fruition yet or, or the predictions Blount currently at 28 not 30 um randall cobb finishing ahead of Devonte adams i don't think is going to happen i'm going to drop the randall cobb one philip rivers finishes as a top five quarterback i'm going to double down on this one um mostly because i bought into philip rivers a lot and I need him to do better and produce. So uh, that's a little bit of, of my slant. I'm believing because I need to believe a little bit more. Right now is still a quarterback one. Top ten quarterback. He's got some better matchups the rest of the way. Um, gets another game against Kansas City in their weak defense. Um, and then I'm doubling down on Blount finishing as bad as he is right now. So, But I'm going to abandon the Randall Cobb prediction. Uh, I'm leaving uh, Terrell Pryor out in the cold to, to die a slow and painful death. Um, 
Not <laughs> really, just fantasy wise. <laughs> just fantasy wise. We wish no ill will <laughs> upon you, <laughs> Terrell Pryor. I am, but I am doubling down on on Cooper Cup partially because. I need Cooper Cup to step up and be my wide receiver too behind uh, Antonio Brown since Terrell Pryor fell off the map. <laughs> so yeah. um, I'm st- you know I'm stacked at, at running back and tight end. I have Kirk Cousins as my quarterback in that league. I'm set there. It's yeah. just a matter of it's uh, I need running I need wide receivers and Cooper Cup is one of them and that I think could really um, I'm doubling down that Cooper Cup uh, can finish as a wide receiver too. Who misses their uh, last question just for shiggles and gets who misses their previous team more Terrell Pryor or Kyle Shanahan? Kyle Shanahan. Okay. Actually, no, I'd say it's <laughs> it Terrell, Pryor. Terrell Pryor. I mean, Terrell Pryor is now uh, warming the bench in a very, very cold Washington DC right now, but got paid pretty well for it. Yeah. I got paid pretty well. So uh, he's not hurting. He's and Ky- Kyle Shan Kyle Shanahan's finally finally a head coach again finally a head coach so yeah so uh, once again we want to thank you guys for listening to the show hopefully you guys got a lot of good advice about where we feel things are at for the rest of the season uh, we want to thank those who listened on uh, on Facebook Twitter uh, or Instagram a lot of stuff through Instagram. Uh, once again, as a reminder, please give us a review. We will be releasing a giveaway soon that has to do with you get points for leaving reviews and comments and those kinds of things. But go ahead, leave a review. It will count towards competition if you do it today. Uh, but this has been the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast. We thank you guys for listening. All right. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. Hey, Skull King Nation. Thank you for listening to the Skull King Football Podcast. Did you like this episode? If so, be sure to go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube to subscribe. Also, please leave us a rating and reviews to let us know how we can better help you rule your leagues. Wherever you go, however you go, for energy on the go, it's got to be 5-Hour Energy. It works fast, it works long, it tastes good, and with zero sugar and four calories, there's nothing holding you back. Fits your pocket, fits your backpack, fits your on-the-go life, whether you're going to work, going on vacation, or just going out with friends. Five-Hour Energy. Energy on the go. For more information, visit 5hourenergy.com. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations.